The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Yo, welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's June 13th, 2023, mostly on track. A uh, little bit different episode of uh, today's podcast. I am uh, l- currently recording this from the floor of my bedroom. Jeff Woody. That's not a that's not a joke. You're no literally actually literally, like belly down on the floor. Yeah, quite literally laying on the floor, having some issues with my back. This is the only way uh, that I I think that I can do this without being re- or while being relatively pain free. So we're gonna power through it because I'm a gamer. That's what it is, Jeff. I'm a gamer. Spinal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna battle through it. Uh, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Um, I went and picked up the Athlon and Lindy's college football preview magazines. I wanted to get Phil Steele, couldn't find it. Uh, we had to deal with Lindy's, which is, uh, honestly for frankly, for the comedic value might be better to have Lindy's than it is to have Phil Steele, nothing against the folks at Lindy's sports, but man, I think that it, it might make it even better than it would to have, uh, to have Phil Steele. Um, Real quick, though, before we get started, Jeff, I was going to give you a chance. You got some stuff that you want to tell people about and um, we're, some stuff that we're really excited to to kind of partner with you here at, uh, at Cyclone Fanaticon. Yeah, so um, the <laughs> it sounds like I was I only did this because then I was paying to get a spot to do this. But you are you, the show was born before this. And then I said, hey, is there a way that we could actually be a sponsor on the show as well. So, uh, Chris then said, yes, but the, the optics of it look like I am buying time on Cyclone Fanatic, which is the most narcissistic thing that anybody could do. It's not the case, but if you want to call me a narcissist, whatever. Um, well, I, I only get, so you're, so I'm not getting a million dollars after this. You are not. Uh, that is, that is correct. Um, but no, the reason what we're doing is so Goldfinch athletics is the parent company that owns, uh, we have kind of several business lines. The reason why we haven't really advertised or haven't really talked about it much on here is that in order prior to this, because we had physical locations in Ankeny and Huxley. And, uh, then we started one uh, at a facility in called the arena in Nevada with our acceleration, our speed service. And you, but you had to be within like a seven mile radius of those. And that sort of feels dumb to advertise to the entire state when no one could actually get there. Um, but one of the things that we started in the past, uh, 15 months ago, we started testing it with schools around the state. And one of the things that we can do now is that the, the services that we provide for our youth speed train or our youth speed business, um, we are now able to provide that to anybody essentially across the country and specifically rural schools, because, um, what we're doing, the thought process is if you are in the middle of nowhere and you have no access to quality speed training, then the capacity to execute in your sport becomes hampered when compared to the kids that are in the Des Moines metro area or in the bigger cities. And so being able to bring that to those kids, we tested this thing with, like I said, with rural schools over the past like 15 months. And so that product is called Goldfinch Speed. And so we wanted to be able to promote that because our main mission with that is helping small schools and or individuals get access to the same stuff that we have as far as this training that we've got, no matter where you live. So, um, for the, if you're more interested in more information on that goldfinchspeed.com, um, and it really, it was like the mini backstory on that is about five years ago, we had an athlete, um, and I don't have to say, it's like her name was Natalie Halfman and she's a, 
she came she lived in St. Ansgar, which is north of Mason City, and she drove down to our facility three times a week, which is a two and a half hour drive. So five hours in a car, three days a week. And we thought, I mean, she eventually won four state championships in track and field. So it worked, but we thought if we were able to provide that this same service to her and also her teammates, then what more benefit could her teammates have done? Those people who just didn't have five hours in a car or didn't have the capacity to their parents have the freedom to drive down there. So we wanted to kind of build off of her story and see if we could make that to somebody else. So goldfinchspeed.com. If you're interested in speed training, whether it's for us or with us here, or if you're just interested in doing it as an individual, then whether it's a school or an individual, we can find stuff on how to get faster and more athletic for your sport. Goldfinchspeed.com. I was under the impression I was getting a million dollars for this. I'm going to need to call my agent. Who's your agent? <laughs> Why did they lie to you? <laughs> you think I got a million dollars sitting around? I'm talking well, to you. You got this big new endeavor. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what kind of resources you're working with. Okay. I don't know. I'm not Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke, NBA champion, Super Bowl champion, uh, English Premier League champion, Stan Kroenke. What is he on the EPL? Liverpool, I think maybe I, I can't remember. I don't know something, something like that. I'm not a big soccer guy, so is he the? That's, uh, is, he's got to be. I mean, so oh, far. Stanley Cup champion as well. He also owns the Avalanche. They won the Stanley Cup last year. Do you think that? I mean, is it Mark Cuban's pretty darn good usually, like as far as investing and stuff? But he's only won one championship, and he only owns one team. Is Stan Kroenke the best owner in sports? Best team owner in sports? Don't ask the folks in St. Louis. I mean, yeah, St. Louis Rams fans are not thrilled with Stan Kroenke, but putting those feelings aside, yeah, the dude's won in every single league that he's owned stuff in. Does he own the? Has he? Does he have a baseball, a baseball team too? I don't I imagine think so. If he doesn't, he should own like the Rockies because if you own the Avalanche and the Nuggets, and both of them have won, Rockies and the Rams and the Rams and won, yeah, and they've won, yeah. It's uh. That's a hell of a run, man. Win a Super Bowl, a Stanley Cup, and an NBA title in a two-year span. That it, I don't know that it gets much better than that, frankly. Also kind of weird post-game interviews. Like, yeah. I think that that is the weirdest part of professional sports is that the first person to touch the trophy is the owner of the team. And it's like, yeah. what, did, what did you do here? Like, at, you put a lot of money in, but like, shouldn't we talk to the coach first? I thought it was odd that last night – he had such trouble hearing himself talk that he was like whispering in Lisa Salters's ear so while, he's, <laughs> while he's trying to explain like how they won the NBA title. I was like, man, this is, this is, this is awkward. This it has looks, gotten awkward. It looks like he is uh, sort of a creepy guy at a dinner party, not a dinner party, like a, a cocktail party at a bar that's louder than he normally goes to, you know, like it's at the, it's at the country bar in town. And the, uh, the business rented out the country bar and they played the music at the volume that they normally do for the bar. And this guy hasn't been to a bar in 10 years. So he just hasn't used to the sound. And that's what he looked like is in the corner, uh, trying to impress the woman that he's talking to with his golf game. And all he's done since he got there is complain about the volume of the music. That's can't they, can't they turn this damn music down? Can't they turn I, this damn music down? I wish they would have played some Waylon Jennings in a nice, reasonable volume. Oh my gosh, Waylon Jennings! Let's let's fire it up. All right, do you want to talk about Athlon first? Or do you want to talk about Lindy's first? I feel like we have to save Lindy's for later because the it's just I mean, 
yeah. the fact that these are still being put out is pretty impressive that yeah. i mean are we the market for that like who is well, the market obviously i'm the one i'm the one who went and bought them so apparently there's somebody who is the market for it yeah somebody who is the market and it's me i use their content to create my own content that's what i do uh but no it it's funny to read these things and it has to get harder and harder every year to put them together because of the transfer portal and things like that. Like to put together a top 25 in, you know, like, like March when they're putting this thing together seems nearly impossible. The only thing that the only certainty is that, you know, who you're putting at number one and that's the Georgia Bulldogs. And that's, and from there, does any of the rest of it matter? Frankly, well, it's funny is that like, even because these are in print physical magazines that the timeline has to be so much more extended because they have to, it has to go to editors. It has to go to graphic designers where the pictures and stuff are laying out. It has to go to print. They have to run like test runs to make sure everything's aligned. And then they have to actually print it and then they have to distribute it. So like all that stuff takes time. So an online one, if you wanted, if you needed to make a correction and you're like, Oh, now, uh, the Texas Longhorns added this transfer this summer and it's a starting wide receiver or whatever. They should now be the number six team in the country or whatever, fill in the blank. But like when it's in print and you have to make this decision in April on when it's coming out in June, you just got to hope that not too much crap changes. So I'm, I feel bad almost for the people that are writing this, that they are taking such a shot in the dark. It's like predicting back to the golf example, the conversation we had from last week, it'd be like round one, of the U S open, who's going to win the whole thing. That's what they, they have to do. That. And it's going to sound stupid because they don't get to see the other three rounds, but like round one of the U S open, I think, uh, Wyndham Clark is going to take it. I, uh, I got my email for, uh, the ballot to fill out for the, the big 12 preseason teams in like the, uh, the big 12 preseason poll earlier this week. And I opened it up and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll tackle this. And then I sat there and I was like, I have no idea what, I don't know anything about these guys, like about these teams other than the absolute basics. I was like, how do I rank them right now? You know, until I, until I get my Athlon magazine, until I get my Phil Steele. Like, I I don't know. I, I, if, if I was at Athlon, I'd be like, I need an Athlon magazine in order to prepare for preparing the Athlon magazine. (laughs) <laughs> so somebody has to be the canary in the coal mine. Like somebody has to put out the top 25 or they have to put in their power rankings and then see if the canary dies before it comes back and just, and then yes. everybody else goes, all right, it's safe to go in because that idiot was the first one in. Exactly. It's like the ballot's not due until June 26th. And I was like, all right, well then I'll do it on June 25th. Cause I'm not, I don't think I'm ready to risk that to take that leap yet at this point. What's funny about the preseason poll. I think it has, it has two purposes. Purpose number one is it gives the TV people in the early part of the season, some idea of who people think are going to be good. So then you can then set your primetime slots, which granted the first three weeks are kind of set, but like, it's hard to tell even in non-conference who's good and who's not and who's hot and who just got one good game because they only played one hard and a hard one on the schedule, whatever. But then you get the first two weeks of conference play. Uh, even, you know, like last year, Texas picked really high. And they have this good game against Alabama. Eventually they fizzled down the end, but first few weeks, let's put Texas on. Uh, so it gives the TV people. And then once the season goes on more or less, they're still going to actually like follow up with who, it, who it matters like TCU versus, I don't know who Kansas state, 
last year. That's a really big game. So we're going to put that one in prime time. Um, but then the second thing is the, the reason that I think every coach wants is they want to be as far down the list as they can. You know, like if you're Matt Campbell, you don't want to be picked second. They're not going to be, but like, you don't want to be picked second because then you lose the, everyone doubted us card. No mm-hmm. one thinks, no one believes in us card. And then everybody can rally behind the, y'all didn't think we could do this. Our backs against the wall. We had everyone hated on us. We didn't think no one could think we did this. Like that card 11 of, or what? 13 of 14 now this year in the conference, like 13 of 14 can use that, but one, whoever's the top can't use that. So see, but Kirby smart, Kirby smart put that to the test last year, because I think that he, his team was the preseason number one team in the country was the consensus favorites to win to repeat as national champions. And yet I think that he told his team that people were saying they were going to go five and seven. Do you think it's like the Michael Jordan, George Carl thing like from the last dance where you just make stuff up? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And he probably attributes it to somebody. It's like, Oh, look at this guy. Just completely made up, completely made up. Uh, you know, Billy McSundry from the De- Portland sun. De- yeah. Desmond Howard said, you guys are going five and seven on college football live the other day. And it's like, like no, there is no clip that exists of this, but he's going to tell you guys that it did. Or if it is, it's like uh, exceptionally sarcastic where he's like, yeah. And George is going to go five and seven, you know, like <laughs> that. But then you just take, you take that and then you turn it into text and then you take that text and you post it on the wall. And so it's like, it, it's like a game of telephone where you just eventually have to create your own narrative. And then the first time that the the dogs see Desmond Howard, all they're doing is giving him the stink eye. And he's like, what the hell did I do to these guys? What did I do? I said nothing. <laughs> right. Oh man. Yeah. It just is. This is a hard exercise to do in today's world of college football. Um, but w- let's start with kind of where Iowa state's at in this stuff. Uh, 54th in Athlon's top 133 ranking they do have iowa state going to a bowl game playing southern miss in the independence bowl back in shreveport back in shreveport uh who wouldn't want to spend christmas in shreveport anyone who's been to shreveport Um, i guess i might i guess i might be going to shreveport i don't know the good news is is the good news is if this is going to be in a preseason athlon ranking you can pretty much be sure that you're not going to have to book a trip to shreveport it's not going to happen if they pick that it's going to happen. It's like a roulette wheel. Like if you bet on 18, the odds of you landing are on 18 are very small. So you just count on the fact that like, it'd be better to bet against the guy who's betting on 18 and win on that. So that's, I don't, I don't think we're going to Shreveport if they think we're going to Shreveport. Highest ranked big 12 team, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma at 16, Kansas state at 18, uh, TCU at 23. Okay, so slow those down. Go through, go through those again. We'll see if it's, uh, I'm, uh, I'll see if it's over under Texas uh, at 11 underrated feels like for what preseason polls should be doing. It feels like Texas because a preseason poll it's on talent and possibility. You know, it's not yeah. like you depending on what the, the exercise of it is. Texas is more than the 11th most talented roster in the country. And cause who are the ones above them? I mean, it's obviously your Alabama's your Georgia's, um, you uh, is USC going to be on there? Cause Caleb Williams is back. Yeah. Those, uh, those are your is, top three. 
I'll read the top 10 to you. Georgia, Michigan, number two, Alabama, three, USC, four, Ohio State, five, LSU, six, uh, Florida State, seven, Penn State, eight, Washington, nine, and Utah, 10. I think Washington's underrated. I think Washington's underrated. I think Penn State, LSU, and uh, the uh, who is there's one more in between right around there, which were over Florida State. Florida State. There Florida you go. State. Yeah. The, I think those those ones are overrated, and I think Texas and Washington are underrated. Have Just Clemson purely, at twelve on preseason. Clemson at twelve, Oregon at thirteen, Notre Dame fourteen, Tennessee fifteen, and like I said, Oklahoma sixteen uh in kansas state 18 they have oregon state at 19 Oregon state finished strong last year they i think they were a nine and three team last year and they, they and returned three. 10 and three excuse me and they returned most of their roster i don't think any of their prime time players because they're they were a uh i mean pretty similar to iowa state as far as like a defensive first team and they returned most of their players so i would imagine they're I feel like Oregon just by talent alone is in the similar position where they should be higher ranked as of preseason. What could they do? But I don't think Oregon state is underrated necessarily. I also feel like Notre Dame is probably overrated a little bit, but what else is new? Uh, Oregon state did add DJ Uyangale, mm-hmm. uh from Clemson. Close. So it was pretty close. I was pretty close. Uh, yeah. TCU 23. I feel like, that's probably a courtesy bump. They have Iowa at 26. Um, Texas TCU, Tech 28. TCU has got um, – I would not be surprised if they're like a 7-5, and 8-14. and 14. Because yeah. not not just that they lost Max. Um, and I, is, is Morris – is Chad was Chad Morris? Is he, was he with the guy that was the – who was the backup that came from SMU? That um, Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris. Um, he's going to be a damn good quarterback. But they won – probably three or four of their games exclusively because of Max Duggan. And then Quentin Johnson's also not there. And I think is Kendra Miller, if Kendra Miller's back, that changes things a little bit, but um, I don't know. TCU, it feels like the Duggan factor, it is, they're going to have um, a harder road to hoe this year because they don't have the gamer quarterback and the go-to dominant top 20 pick in the NFL wide receiver. Because when, when they got when they got shit when shit hit the fan, it was dug into Quentin Johnson. And realistically, they they won six games by eight or less points. So and most of those came as comebacks. Yeah, regression is just expected at that point uh, on some level when you're you're winning that many close games. And they lost uh, their offensive coordinator. Right, and they lost their offensive coordinator. Um, the, the, I love looking at the unit rankings. This is always one of the funniest things that I think, I think that they put in these magazines. Uh, Athlon does not think highly of the Iowa state's roster talent. L- let's just put it that way. Uh, Iowa state is 10th in the big 12 in quarterbacks, 12th in running backs, 12th in receivers, 13th in offensive line, 10th in defensive line, 10th in linebackers, and third in defensive backs. At least they got one in the top five. I mean, the secondary, I don't know if it's right, but it's at least close. Um, I, I imagine this is in, I mean, man, what a great thing to put. Po- every meeting room is going to have that in it, except the D-backs room. That will be conspicuously absent. You know what? It's going to be in there. It will be in there because they're going to say they think two other rosters are better than yours. That's going to be in there too. 
but the, every single room in the building would have that thing in there. Hundred percent chance. All right. So there's seven or yeah, seven of these numbers, like in that, you know, seven of these groupings. I want you to take a stab and just guess Texas's seven numbers. Okay. Quarterback. Um, they're not going to say Quinn Ewers is one unless they're going total at, are they going total quality of like top to bottom, like one to three? Because if they're doing that, then the star ratings would say they're, are they going to go one with, are they, is it Texas one in quarterback? Do you want me to read? Do you just want me to read it to you? Oh my God. Just give me the quarterbacks. They're one. No, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, running backs there. Bijan is gone. They should not be number one. Again, if TCU is there, if Kendra Miller is back with, with TCU, he was the best running back in the conference. Bijan has the highest ceiling. Kendra Miller is the best running back in the conference last year. If Texas at, is number one, it's crock shit. At uh, Texas running backs, uh, number one. God bless. They, they have TCU number eight. Is okay. I'm going to Google this. If Kendra, Miller I, haven't, is, I haven't seen any mention of Kendra Miller in here. So I'm thinking that he is not coming back. Uh, wide receivers. Uh, once again, Texas is one. That's offensive okay. line. Offensive line. Kendra Miller is one. Offensive line, Texas is one. Defensive line, Texas is one. Linebackers, Texas, number one. Defensive backs, number one. It's, it is going to be amazing if anyone scores a point on Texas. How in the world is anyone going to score a point on Texas? Never in my life. And I've been looking at these magazines for a long freaking time, man. Never in my life have I seen one team rank number one in every position grouping. That's the that's that's lazy. That's lazy. Even Georgia, Georgia's eight three one 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 one, and yet Texas is number one in everything. There isn't one team that's got one guy that they're like, hey, you know what? I think he might be better than the guy on Texas's team. Not one. <laughs> oh man, I would go. It, it, the only the position. I mean, let's. <sighs> Who else, as far as quarterback-wise, is – I mean, Oklahoma might be better at quarterback, but their top is if – if, if they get hurt, that's a little bit tougher. Kansas is number two. I would still take Daniels over Ewers as, as a college quarterback. Uh, this is kind of funny. They've got Kansas two quarterbacks, wide receiver, running backs four, wide receivers three, offensive line five, defensive line fourteen, uh, linebackers seven, defensive backs seven. I don't. Again, it's not often that you can find a mix where it's like, yeah, they've got the number two quarterback, but they have the worst defensive line in the league. Man, what a! How do you rank Texas number one in every single category? Xavier I would Burns just. Xavier I would just think you'd stop and be like, I kind of feel bad about this. Like right. we can't like, do this. We can't do this every single time. Like, cause Xavier worthy is good as, as the best wide receiver in the conference this year because uh, Hutchinson and Johnson are gone, but he's your best wide receiver. That's fair. Give Texas number one there. Um, 
I mean, I don't know a ton about the rest of the roster, but there's no way that Texas is going to be on the defensive side. There's no way they're going to be a defensive line and linebackers that are better than somebody else in the conference than everybody else in the conference. Just find somebody. For like this is almost this is this is almost as sad. Louisiana Monroe in the Sun Belt, they have 14, 14, 11, 11, 14, 14, 12. <laughs> in the Sun Belt. <laughs> These guys stink. That's, they might as well have just wrote that. These guys stink. What a roster. So what uh where who are the teams that are if if Iowa State was 10th was a 10th in the conference who were what mm-hmm. was the order of teams ahead of them so if we've got texas texas oklahoma uh kansas state tcu does it go baylor after that it has all right it's got texas one so shockingly they think texas is gonna lose a game i i don't know when that will happen i got the best roster uh, in america yeah, uh, Texas is one, Oklahoma two, Kansas State three, TCU four, Texas Tech five, Kansas six, Baylor seven, Oklahoma State eight, UCF nine, Iowa State ten. And Kansas? like the math, the math, there's no way the math here works, dude. Like they've got, they have 12 teams going six and six, another one going five and seven. And they have, only five teams in the whole league above 500. <laughs> do you think they just went, what do you think Iowa state's going to go six and six? What do you think TCU is going to go it's eight and four? What do you think? And that like, there's no, yeah. I mean, statistically you have to have, there's a certain number of games. You could calculate that out. Each team is going to play 12 games. So you'd have 12 times 14 is the total number that that column has to add up to. And same thing in the loss column. Maybe it's right. Um, Kansas at six. So, okay. The two that stick out are Kansas and TC or in uh, Texas tech. I also Texas, like Texas at number one. And so we'll go each one of those three. Kansas. I, I understand like offensively, they're going to be really good. I, I don't think we can really with Kansas, you can't go into the season thinking that they're going to be schmucks like they used to be because the way that offensive, the archi- offensive architecture of it is something that carries because uh, is it Devin Neal? I don't know his last name is yeah. Neal. The yeah. Devin Neal. Uh, yeah. He's, he's a damn good player. He is really hard to bring down. He's a guy that's going to be a big chunk, like uh, is in the David Montgomery mold. I, I don't think he's as good as David, but uh, he doesn't have the top speed where he's going to pop off 80 yard runs, but he's going to hit you a big chunk of 30 yard runs throughout the game. And then you have Jalen Daniels. That's uh, as athletic of a quarterback as there is in the conference. He is an efficient enough thrower to make stuff happen defensively. As long as you don't, as long as they don't completely suck, they're going to be fine, but to put them as the sixth best conference or sixth best team in the conference, that to me is a stretch because I have not seen it consistently. And you are one hurt shoulder away. You know, Jalen Daniels gets hurt. Devin Neal gets hurt. You are one injury away from that entire roster being back to where it was before. Even with Jason Bean being as athletic as he was when Jalen Daniels was hurt, I think they went like two and four. So the second one that sticks out is Texas tech. I need you to show me if you're Texas tech that you can sustain quality for 12 consecutive games, because that doesn't feel like it has happened since Graham Harrell. 
and it does and, and even then it was because mike leach was there so like with texas tech i understand that there there is a lot of talent uh, they're offensively going to be as explosive as any team in the country or as any team in the conference, because they are going to play a more wide open style and they're going to attack down the field. But if you play that style and it doesn't hit because you have TJ Tampa, that's going up the theoretically, or someone like TJ Tampa, that's going up against the best player on your or best wide receiver. And you have another miles purchase. It's on another one. And you can't throw the ball down the field. All of a sudden you have to now force something that's not there. So it feels like Texas tech is going to have two games that are good and then get the shit kicked out of them in their third week and then have another good game and then lose two more and then win four in a row. Like it feels like they're going to be a very streaky team. And then the last one is Texas. What has given everyone the confidence in Steve Sarkeesian that he is getting? I want to, I, I as a head coach, has he won 10 games in a season. I'm going to look. Because it's been Washington, USC, Texas as a head coach. Yes? Has he won 10 yeah. games in a season? Uh, the most games he has won in a season is nine at USC in 2014. Okay. He's going to go 11 and one this season. Yes? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Or 11 and two. Yeah. Prove Must to have me, him losing in the in something. Yeah. Prove to me that you can actually do this with Steve Sarkeesian managing all the amount of stuff that goes on with being a big time football coach and the consistency across twelve games in a league that I don't think the Big Twelve, if you if there's a playoff this year based on just rosters alone and like just the preseason what the expectations are, and there's only four, I don't think the Big Twelve gets in the playoff this year unless you have one team like, you know, like a TCU last year, you have somebody that that pulls it out of nowhere and they win every game they go to they go undefeated if there's a one loss big 12 team unless it's texas because of their name they're not going to get in the playoff even oklahoma and that's but i don't think you have a total turd like there are no awful teams in the big 12 that you can expect to just roll a helmet out and win so if if Texas slips in any one of their games against any of the opponents, those opponents are good enough to beat Texas. They're going to slip two to four times throughout the season. And I don't think they're going to walk away with all of those wins. I would be shocked if Texas is anything better than 10 and two. And I would even be surprised if they got to 10 just because yeah. the see across the season does not seem like it is something that they can handle. They have six teams going four and five in the league. And that's, like it, I feel like that that tells me that they feel that there is a ton of parity in the league, so which is where I find it really hard to believe that Texas can go eight and one. You know, right, right. throughout the year. I mean, just because I mean mathematically, and they're going to have to go north, like because of the addition of Cincinnati, because the addition of West Virginia, because the addition. I mean, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State. You're going to have to go north in November and December. You're going to have to play in really cold weather against a really good team a few times. I don't know what their schedule is, but it's going to be pretty hard to avoid going north at least once in the cold part of the year. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to also, again, what has Sarkeesian not done? Dealt with expectations, like has not done it well, is dealt with expectations. They're going in this season. They're going to be really good for four weeks. And then they're going to struggle. And maybe they don't lose, but they're going to struggle. And everyone's going to start saying either 
Texas is the best team on the planet and they should win the national championship or Texas are frauds. And he's going to have to navigate that throughout the entire season. If one loss happens, then a second loss is going to happen. So I don't know it, that to me, the, the fact that Texas is high on a pedestal as it is, despite the, you know, the general disdain for Texas that all of us carry, I just don't think Steve Sarkeesian has proven to me that he can handle that load for that long. I just can't believe they really put them at one in at number one in all of these things. Like that just is, that's incredible. Uh, I can't decide who they, I, I would need to do the math, like the averages on this of who they think has the worst roster in the league. Uh, Cincinnati is it is 12, 14, 13, 14 on offense. Uh, West Virginia is 14, five, 14, six, and then 12, 11, 14 on defense. So I think it might be West Virginia, but, uh, yeah, I don't know about all that, man. Uh, only three team, three guys from Iowa state on the all big 12 teams, TJ Tampa, Jalen Noel, and Gary Vaughn, uh, from the all from, I guess TJ Tampa's second team all defense, and then Jalen Knowles' third team offense, and then Gary Vaughn is third team defense. Uh, what else do you want to hear from this stuff? Oh, I've got the uh, anonymous opposing coach. This is oh, always good. Nice. Yes. Uh, okay, so this is uh, the anonymous opposing coach on Iowa State. Quote, they have discipline. They get after you and you have to play a perfect game, they're hard to beat that way. Obviously, they're not as athletic as most teams, and they can't beat you one-on-one. -on -one. That's not a knock, because if they were just chasing talent, they wouldn't be successful at a place like this. They obviously weren't good on offense, and they don't have the weapons to plug in. But when you consider how many changes Matt Campbell made to the staff, it's obvious they want to get it right and build it back up. They, went, they held on to the four-star quarterback, J.J. Cole, in that recruiting class. That was huge for them. They do a really good job identifying their guys early on, and they're smart with their evaluations. No one thinks he's looking to do anything quick and get out of there. I can't decide if that was, like, the most backhanded <laughs> almost compliments or if they were actual compliments. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, this kid, I don't think he's very smart. And it, I mean, you really think about it. He tries really hard in class. And, uh, I mean, he's usually the first one to raise his hand. He's always got his homework done. But, I mean, he's just kind of dumb. Like, that sort of feels like the, the tone of that is he's just a little stupid. But he works really hard. He's always going to have his homework done. But he's just too dumb to get an A. Do you know the name of Oklahoma State's new co-defensive coordinator? Joe, 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 Bob Clements. Oh my God. Joe, Bob, Joe, Clements. Bob Clements. Do you think it's Joseph Robert and he goes by Joe Bob or is it actually <laughs> on the birth certificate? Joe Bob. <laughs> it's like Jim Bob Cooter who was, who was the offensive coordinator for uh, the giants for a while. It's mm -hmm. Jim Bob. Joe, <laughs> Joe Bob. Oh man. And then, uh, this one's good too. Houston's new offensive coordinator. Do you know who it is? Hmm. Dana Holgerson. He's going to be calling plays too. Apparently. I think he's, he's a better play caller than he is a head coach. Like give him a, I, that, I don't know how successfully the organization is going to be run. It's pounding Red Bulls all the time, but if he is a good offensive coach, but he has so far been shown to be a poor head coach. 
Yeah, I would say that that is a that is a that is a fair conclusion to come to. Uh, all right, Lindy's. Speaking of Steve Sarkeesian, this is one of the first things that I I earmarked in this one was uh, they do their Lindy's lists, and they have the six coaches on the hot seat. Uh, are you ready for this? This is a hell of a list right here, my man. Six coaches in the hot seat. Hit me. Number six, Ryan Day. What? Number five, Dino Babers. Like some of these guys are not like the others. I'm going to tell you that right now. Number four, Steve Sarkeesian. Number three, Tom Allen at Indiana. Number two, Neil Brown at West Virginia. How is Neil Brown not number one? And number one, Jimbo Fisher. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Problem is, is you're going to have to, well, you got a lot of money down at A&M, but you're going to have to pay that dude. What is his buyout? Like $50 million or something like that. $43 million to get him to not coach. Uh, We can't, we can't say this is what it says. Quote, we can't say Fisher would get fired if things don't pick up, but that's only because he would still be due $76.8 million if dismissed before the end of the calendar year. All of those zeros are correct. And that's what it notes. His agent has got to be, I mean, pay that dude, buy him a lake house. I don't know. Cause that is hell of a negotiation. 76.8 million, dude. I love that Ryan day is included on the list. Man, how in the hell is Ryan day? He's lost like six games as a head coach. 45 and six, 45 and six as a head coach, man. He does not belong on the same list as Dino Babers, who's 36 and 49, Tom Allen, who's 30 and 40, and Neil Brown, who's 22 and 25. And then Ryan Day. But Steve Sarkeesian on the hot seat, also number one roster in America. Yeah, number one roster in the Big 12. Don't you forget it. Uh, All right, here they had a team, the all – the Lindy's all coaches as players team. Uh, Matt Campbell on the list, the defensive end. Are they uh, to like now, like if they were to suit up now or just when they were playing, I think it's, he's saying when they were playing, um, who else are some other funny ones on here? Deion Sanders is a team captain for that one. Yeah. Deion Sanders is on there. Uh, Josh Heupel's the quarterback, Eddie George, Stan Drayton, Tennessee, UT Chattanooga, Tennessee, Tennessee state, Tennessee State. state. Yeah. Uh, PJ Fleck. He's on here. Mike Norvell, Mario Cristobal. Like some of these guys, like, I don't don't know, you know, I'm sure they were fine players in, in their time, but I don't know. That's just funny. Uh, all right. There's another one. Uh, top 10 FCS chances versus power five opponents in 2023. Number one, number one, Northern Iowa at Iowa state, September 2nd. Number one. That's the most likely opportunity for an FCS team to get a win in 2022, uh, 2023, according to Lindy's. I mean, if you look at it from the outside in and as bad as Iowa state was offensively last year, I can't fault them for putting that on the list, but what are the rest of them? Because uh, that feels a little bit like to be number one, 
feels like there are a lot of bad teams across the country playing a lot of other teams that are not as bad. Missouri State at Kansas. Uh, Alabama, man, there's a lot of these from the Big 12. Alabama A&M at Vanderbilt. Eastern Kentucky at Cincinnati. Villanova at UCF. If, if, if Villanova beats UCF in football, we need to shut it down. Villanova was, weren't they like a, uh, it was either two or three years ago when they were like a, a playoff, like the, uh, almost a near national championship team. I don't know how good they yeah. are now, but yeah. Chris Jenkins hit the shot. I remember. No, no, uh, football, football. Oh. FCS. Close. Uh, Lindy's has Iowa state ranked number 62. They have, they have Kansas 57. BYU 58, Vanderbilt 59, Western Kentucky 60, Coastal Carolina 61, and then Iowa State 62. Right ahead of Troy. That's disrespectful. Like, I'm sorry to Western Kentucky. I just have a hard time with that one. I don't know. It's just my personal opinion. They have Red Red Grimace as their mascot. Uh, they have TJ Tampa as the number 12 cornerback in America. At least they're putting him on the list. That's at least a win. In fact, some led Iowa state strong pass D while earning second team, all big 12. That's what they note. Let Iowa state strong pass D. We love a good pass D pass D. Um, I'm trying to, there were some other funny ones that were in here. Uh, okay. Here's the conference picks. They've got Iowa state at number 11 in the big 12. It says good news. John Haycock will have the cyclones D near the top of the big 12 again. Uh, bad news record setting wide receiver, Xavier Hutchinson, all time sacks leader, Will McDonald are gone. Our call. The cyclones are moving in the wrong direction under Matt Campbell. I don't think they spent much time on that. Did they? I don't believe so. It does not feel like they spent much time on that. Uh, they have Texas. Number one, the good news for Texas, plenty of experience gives the longhorns depth at nearly every position. Uh, the bad news, Texas is three and six and true road games under Steve Sarkeesian with several tests upcoming. Our call, all the pieces are in place to finally win the big 12 title again. If not dot, dot, dot. I don't know what the, if not is, if not Steve Sarkeesian Sarkeesian gets fired, they overturn the athletics department again for the third time in 10 years. Uh, they have Kansas state pick second TCU third, Oklahoma fourth, Texas tech. Number five. Wait, who's second Kansas state. Okay. That's appropriate. And TCU third and Oklahoma fourth Mm -hmm. again. Why? When you look at TCU from the outside in, they're gone. So now that we've established Miller's gone. So you have your best quarterback gone to the NFL, who is a Heisman finalist, your best wide receiver gone top 20 pick in the NFL draft, your best running back who is now New Orleans saint, who was basically any one of those three guys. When you needed something, you said here, do something with the ball, your best offensive court or your offensive coordinator who put it all together is gone. And yet they're going to maintain the level of success they had last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Texas tech five Baylor six, Oklahoma state seven, 
they're much higher on Oklahoma State than what Athlon is. UCF eight, Kansas nine, BYU ten. Well, I know where I'm putting West Virginia in my preseason poll because everybody seems to be in consensus that West Virginia freaking stinks. <laughs> Neil Brown, not the number one hot seat. Not the number one guy on the hot seat. That that title belongs to Jimbo Fisher, who isn't being fired because he would be owed and made $80 million. Like, come on, fellas. $76 million if they fire him. I mean, uh, Anna, there is, there is, they are sitting on piles of money, but they are not going to use $76 million to get Jimbo out. No. Cause he'll no. just sit there. I mean, what are you going to do? If you're, if you're uh, Jimbo Fisher and they come to you and they say, Hey, we're going to need to, we're going to need you to perform better. We're going to fire you. And you try. And they said, we're going to need you to perform better. And we're going to fire you. And then you try again for the past couple of years. And then they go, you're gone at the end of the year. What are you going to do if you're Jimbo? I dare you. I dare you to fire me. Right. Right. Uh, the last thing that I had circled here, this is an incredible quote that I don't know how I hadn't heard it before. Uh, from Jairo Brock, quote, I'd say I'm 100% now or 99. I'm always getting 1% better. So every day I'm 99%. <laughs> Oh man. God, put that on a poster and sell it on Etsy. Put it in every high school, junior high weight room in the country. I'm always getting 1% better. So every day I'm 99%. That, that made me laugh. I had, yeah. to, I had to bring that up on here. <laughs> That's so, that is both genius and corny as shit. What do you think you learned about college football from diving into uh, Athlon and Lindy's today, Jeff? What, do you think you gathered anything that made you feel more confident about your knowledge of the college football season? I, I mean, Texas, I, uh, Faith, I don't think anyone's going to come within 14 points of them on the season. They can't. There's depth. There's, there's experience and depth at every level. Basically, the only other thing we learned is that Kendra Miller plays for the Saints now. <laughs> but he's not on the roster Trust for those of you that have made it this far in the podcast. Thank you. Uh, also by the time the season rolls around, we're going to have done substantially more homework as to who is actually on what roster, because if we are to do that now, it's still going to change between now and the start of the season, there's going to be more difference in who's available and who's not. So come August, we're going to actually be much more active and not have to Google is are any star players in the NFL or not. Shoot, we cover Iowa State, and we don't even know who's going to be playing for them right now. <laughs> we have a good idea, but we can't be super sure. Oh, all right, man. I'll talk to you again next week, all right? All right. Hopefully we'll have, uh, I don't know, fun news. I don't know what fun news it would be, but summer, June is the, uh, it feels like this is the, the little bit of the drawback of the bow. Like June into July is the drawback of the bow. And then come once August hits, let that, let that thing fly. And it is gone. Yep. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.